Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Gunnerstown Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be looking back, obviously, at uh, a surprising victory uh, last night over Liverpool. I think we'd be safe to say we're all probably quite surprised. And obviously, we're looking ahead to the FA Cup semi-final. Tonight, um, I'm in the chair instead of Chris. I'm doing the Dave 66, Dave Seeger. Most of you may know that. And I'm joined tonight by uh, Woz from uh, the, the AFC Analysis and Mike McDonald, two of our pod regulars. Um, so, welcome, guys. In good mood after last night? Yeah, it's yeah. weird, but yeah, for sure. Okay, so my first thing, my, the first thing that I was thinking about that, that I want an honest answer to, and you can, you know, I'll, I'll go to you first, Mike, and then to you, was when you saw the team announced last night, were you surprised and why? Yeah, Mike? I was, yeah, I was surprised somewhat because... They put out their first 11, not that we know what they're going to do, but uh, and we didn't. I understand it, though. It's hard not to understand it with a game every literally three days. Um, and, uh, you know, players uh, throughout the squad are different levels of fitness and different levels of capability. Uh, I was surprised that Nelson came from no minutes to start in the game. That was out of nowhere. Uh, the rest of it, not a huge surprise. And then, of course, the lineup, which maybe we'll go into in a minute, uh, that was that was very interesting, and that was a brand new tactical sort of look, a little couple of twists, you know. Yeah. Was did you think? Was your first thought he's resting players for the FA Cup semi final, for example, or did you think it was purely yeah. tactical? Do you know what, Dave? As the years have gone by, I used to get so frustrated at the lineups and get myself so worked up. But I actually feel now in Mikel Arteta, we've got a manager that whatever he's doing, he's doing for a reason. And, and I can sit there and accept that now. Whereas before, I'd look at it and think, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And you, you just, you know what you're going to see because you've seen it all before. And, and, and when Arteta does something slightly different or tweaks it, like he's doing it for a reason. Mm. And, and, and there's, we can, after the game, it's very easy to look back and say, wow, that's why he done that. And at the time, that's why he's doing what we're doing and we're doing what we're doing because <laughs> this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. And, um, I'm sort of learning gradually to sort of not worry too much about the team and um, even get too hung up on, on sort of the formation. It's, it's more of a, a flexibility and, and a manager who actually knows what he's doing. He's got a plan and it might not work, but at least he's adapting, he's changing things. And he, he, he's sort of, it's exciting to see because he's using the entire squad. He's playing differently for different opponents and he ain't even got any players yet. So uh, it's all positive. And yeah, I've just tried to sort of calm down with the old line. It does. It, it does give you a lot of confidence, um, and, and in turn, it must give the squad, the young players, particularly a lot of confidence in that mm. they must all feel at every training session they're within a chance, they have a chance of playing in the next fixture. Whereas we had so many years of, we sort of knew that what the team was going to be if everyone was fit. Certainly under Wenger, we could look at those brilliant alterations and tactics changes, but mostly they were driven by injury. He didn't often just change tactics or, or players he selected for the sake of it. Whereas with Arteta, it, you know, it's almost the opposite extreme, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You look at, um, I feel like if you look at throughout the entire season and give Emery a little credit as well, there, uh, both of these coaches have played uh, youngsters. And I know we call ourselves a big club. We still are, I suppose. I know our results don't, uh, the table doesn't, uh, say that per se, but we're we're about the only big club that's offering these uh, opportunities to to players like Nelson, Nicotia, Willock, and not just sometimes. You know, a lot of these other clubs will sprinkle them in every once in a while. Uh, like Foden at Man City, he's only got to play when the league was done and dusted. 
uh, we're, we're at the same time down down where we are. We're playing five or six of them. So I think, it, it, uh, it is a, it is a, perhaps a luxury of not being challenging for for for, for honours. You know, it's not yeah. it's easy to say that where we are now, though, isn't it? I mean, if you were if we were if we were third and going for second or fourth and going for third, you know, would, would Arteta be changing the squad week in week out? We'll never know <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, it is it is a luxury he has. But having said that, he's got an incredible you know batch of young players, um, probably that we haven't seen. Well, I don't even know really the last time we saw such a group of young players. Probably the mid '80s was the last time we had a group of this much talent. I think. But uh, so in in the game then, so I know because we, we've had this conversation offline. But you know, I, I when you saw the eleven, I think you both, I think on our group said one of you said three four three, one of you said four three three, and I think even watching the game, um, I'm not absolutely convinced either of you are right or I was right or I was wrong. I think what we can surmise is, and this goes back to Arteta's flexibility, is we perhaps have two different formations when we've got the ball and when we haven't got the ball, which is probably fair to say. But w when you saw it, did you think 3-4-3 three, three, or did you think 4-3-3 three, three, uh, was first? Yeah, I, I, again, I'm learning as I'm watching and learning with Arteta, but I, I did initially believe 4-3-3. Three, three. I did think Saka was the left of the, the trio in midfield and... Like you said, during the game, as you watch it develop, um, the, the way that Arteta sort of set up, it was a narrow three in possession. And he just tucked Saka in to match Alexander-Arnold and, and sort of shifted the emphasis to ensure Liverpool went to the left side. And it, it was really good to actually see because we snuffed them out. And every time they tried an underlap or an overlap on that left side, Torreira was across. We had balance. The distancing was right. And it just looked right. And although Liverpool had a hell of a lot of the ball, realistically, major chances. We, we, we sort of nullified them, as Alteta tried to do. But yeah, with formation-wise, like you said, you, sometimes you're watching it and Saka is tucked in. But I think he was literally in that space, protecting the Alexander-Arnold and, and that sort of half space and trying to stop Salah and, um, and Arnold from taking over that side. And we sort of pushed them the other way and, and dealt with it. So it was, it was quite pleasing. <laughs> So if that's the case, Mike, what I mean, obviously, by by doing that on that side and not necessarily on the other side, we left ourselves exposed on the other side. And that obviously led to the goal, which was very well taken. But that was Robertson doing what we're trying to stop Alexander-Arnold doing. So it, could that really have been a conscious decision? Could he have sat there and thought, that's more of a threat? I mean, <laughs> Salah and Arnold and, and, and Robertson and Mane... Yeah. <laughs> swings and roundabouts really so was that a conscious decision Mike do you think that he thought genuinely thought the threat was more on the right from Liverpool I think so I think it's it's hard as you say Dave to say that one's significantly better or worse than the other um, I do think that Alexander-Arnold has astonishing statistics for a right back um, from set plays from free play at all levels um, and you know Salah of course is the uh, same as Mane they're very similar there I also think that there was probably a slight view to uh, the weekend. Uh, I would imagine we're going to do the same as uh, as we did against Liverpool, against Manchester City, and have Saka sit there because uh, De Bruyne offers, I think, a clear advantage to Manchester City than what comes from the left on their team, and he sits right in that pocket. And I, what I saw is the same as was Saka was wasn't shifting when the ball was on Liverpool's left as much. He was holding, leaving that gap and discouraging them. And he was sitting between Alexander-Arnold and Salah, discouraging a ball to either of them. And I think with De Bruyne coming up and that very real threat, he's going to be there ready to do that in that situation because that, I think, is even more dangerous than Alexander-Arnold. 
And thing is with Man City also, it, it's the squad is so rich and so talented that De Bruyne is probably the only person you can definitely plan for. You know will be playing because. Other than that, it could be yeah. Mares, it could be Silver, it could be Silver, yeah. it could be Foden. I think De Bruyne is the only attacking player, barring Aguero, you probably actually know you're going to be up against as well. Weirdly, yeah. there's so much talent there. But what about on, on on? So we talked about Saka a lot, and 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 rightly so. The other players that came in, um, what was your view? Um, well, first on holding coming in for Mustafi, and and how he did uh, on the right side of the three or the two, depending on our perspective, was? Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Rob Holden. He hasn't had a lot of football, obviously, so it's very difficult to, to judge. Um, I have my reservations about Rob Holding, and that's for a number of reasons. I think he does lack a, a bit of speed. Um, sometimes his passing is it's often it's not to the right foot. It doesn't look natural, as in the sense that he's playing it back to Martinez and he's always having to adjust his body shape or every pass he makes. And he's just not as good progressively um, with the ball. Um, defensively, he done fine. He put a lot of blocks in. And just quickly alluding to the goal, we, we got caught out on that side. When, if you watch it, Martinez plays the kick and we lose the first header. But Cedric has already advanced up to, to give that option on the right. So it was like almost like the Wenger days where the fullbacks were high. Too and, high. Yeah. yeah, Rob Holding come across to cover that gap. And Louise has followed him. And unfortunately, that's left where we haven't, Tierney hasn't got across on the cover and, and Xhaka hasn't plugged that hole, it, it's just caused the, the momentum. But in open play, we didn't actually really get broke down that much. It was just where we made an individual error, where Cedric went in for the challenge that he couldn't win instead of dropping off and retaining shape. But against the best teams, them little instances cost you goals, and it did. So, but yeah, I think, I think Rob Holding done well. And um, he needs a run of games in the team if we're going to judge him fairly. Yeah. But I just have my reservations at his level. He's obviously had a, a long-term injury. And um, we all would love him to do well. He's an, he's an English lad. He's come up through the leagues. Um, but it, I think time will tell. And, and it'll be interesting to see because Arteta hasn't really utilised him lately, has he? Um, no. So for one yeah. reason or the other. Well, I think, I think from my perspective, it is what you alluded to is if you're going to play the back three that he's been playing, he needs every player in that back three to be comfortable in the position they're in, you know, right, left. So he wants a right footer and a left foot, but also a progressive passer, which you're right. I think Rob Holding isn't. He's an he's a, he's a old school, you know, yeah, he's a proper centre back. Yeah. Uh, he's a Keown style block, you know, body in the way. Mm. But so, Mike, did Rob Holding, in your view last night, give uh, Arteta a selection headache for Saturday? Uh, well, Rob Holding to me is the good, bad, and the ugly. I don't know. It's, it's he does some fantastic things every single game, and he wins a lot of balls in the air. He's taller than he's two or three inches taller than the rest of them. Uh, that's helpful. Um, his uh, duel with Mane was fun for the fans and, and probably good too. But he's passing out of the back. Uh, he turns uh, slowly. I feel like Rob Holding ultimately is going to be a squad player at best at Arsenal, and I feel like. I could play Rob Holding against Aston Villa or Watford coming up. I don't know that Rob Holding's the player you need against any of the top six or eight. And I think that's exactly where Arsenal are. I think they've, they've got players who can shine. David Luiz might be another one who does just fine in certain games. But you stick them in the stressful games. Mustafi, there you go. This is another one. You stick them in stressful games and you don't get the same product. So I think that moving forward, I think you pick Rob Holding based on, on the game. But... I lean to where Was is saying too, it's tough because for any of these guys to just come in and perform and go out and go out and then come in is not easy. 
Yeah. Also, to, just to jump in, Dave, sorry, the point you're making about all the centre-backs there, I think uh, we, we're almost flourished, I've said it before, with what you'd call secondary centre-backs. And if you did have a Van Dyke come in, someone like that, an actual leader, you're then picking from the best of the rest to partner him. And you're never going to have two Van Dykes in your team. And, and that's proven for Liverpool. It's improved the fortunes of Matty Lovren on occasion, Joe Gomez. They all look better because they're playing in a balanced, settled team alongside a, a genuine world-class player. So mm. I think we've got a group of secondary centre-backs, and I think we've had that for years. And I'm, I'm looking back in history, really, Sol Campbell and, and um, in, in recent times, Per Mertesacker, apart from that, we've not really had that, that leader of a centre-back that's going to dominate and control and then allow someone to play alongside him. So I think at the moment, we've just got a squad full of secondary centre-backs they're all good in their own ways, but they lack that, you know, that metal next to them just to, to make, them, make them that next level. Well, I, I tend to agree, although you and I don't have the same view of Per Matisaka. Um, I, <laughs> I um, well, I was a massive Laurent Koscielny fan. I wasn't a massive Per Matisaka fan. But I do think if that's the case, and I probably think you're right, that seems to put huge pressure on Saliba next season. You know, that's such a young age to come in and be you know, the fulcrum of that defence. So um, we can talk, we can do quickly divert on transfers, but obviously there's the links to Malang Sarr as well. He, you know, again, allegedly a generational talent, but you'd have two players under the age of 21, you know, partnering in a defence. Socrates is definitely off. Mustafi, I think, will be off. As you've said, holding Chambers to come back, secondary centre-backs. Do we still need to be going after the Upper Meccano or whoever it may be, is that absolutely essential? In which case, he's got an awful lot to unload, hasn't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Malang Sar link is twofold. I think it's a very intelligent purchase because Malang Sar, I think, is a, centre, a left centre-back, as you uh, said there, Dave. But he played a whole season at Nice at left-back. Mm. So I'm wondering if the, if the thought is we get this young, potential generational talent come in and he's a backup for Tierney, um, and possibly a, an option at the centre-back. Uh, because you're right, you can't play two young kids for Arsenal Football Club whose total age is younger than me and you um, to, uh, to start the Premier League season. Um, you just, it's just not going to happen. And I don't even think Saliba's going to start the season either. It's not fair on him to, to believe that, that you're going to throw him straight in. I think it'll be Chambers, in actual fact. Beginning of this season, for the first, was it two or three games? He was arguably our best player, best defender for sure. So maybe we see Chambers and Marie and Louise will probably sneak his way in there. But I think the, the Saar thing is about left back and left centre back. So it's a great signing if we get him. Well, probably one for another day. So ahead of this weekend, we, you just mentioned back up to Kieran Tierney. I think Kieran Tierney for me was our best player last night. He's been our most he's, he's, he's slotting into that Nacho Monreal, Mr. Consistent, wherever you play him role for Arsenal, which is which is what we need. Um, I actually personally think he should be, you know, he's definitely a future Arsenal captain. But so come the weekend then, looking ahead to the big game, um, you know, it could it could be, depending on how results go, the, the, the only big game uh, or, or, you know, or if we win it, obviously, hopefully the, the secondary game. But do we think he will revert to a three for ultra caution and try and hit them on the break? Or do you think he will go more like he did against Liverpool and, and play Saka? Because it's a drift. I mean, Saka's going to play, isn't he? But it's where he plays him. So what about you, Was What do you think he's going to do at the weekend against Man City? See, this is where we're sort of discussing it, that the, what he did do against Liverpool was almost a, 
a mishmash of, of both. It's a concoction. So it's not really, it's what I'm trying not to get. And you keep saying that word flexibility, and that is the word. That is the key word with all modern coaches. It, it, it's not my way or the highway. You, you I am listening. I just have to let my dog out the door. No, you crack on, mate. <laughs> no, it's just, um, it's, it's one of them scenarios where I, I think rather than adopt this, this sort back of, this three five two. If you if you go to where you can change, that's the glory with having Tierney as the the inside left of the three centre backs, or as the as the natural, do you know what I mean, the natural fullback, and and with Saka being adaptable as well. And I think this is kind of like Mike was saying about possibly a signing of Malang Sar. It would be that kind of player that we'd be bringing in that is adaptable, that can play in in multiple areas of the pitch, and he's comfortable. And I think. Again, I have no idea in the nicest possible way what he's going to do against City. And I'm really excited to see it because he's been working towards it. He's had all these games. He knows this is the big game of the season now. We've played some big clubs. We've, we've had against Spurs, I thought we were unlucky. We dominated the ball, but we didn't quite finish the game off. Against Liverpool, we touched none of the ball, but we won the game. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's not, we can't really pinpoint anything and say, this has been awful. This has been fantastic. It's all a learning curve and it's all a process for me. People seem to forget that this is Arteta's first few months at the club in reality. And just with what's happened, the way it's happened, it feels like he's been here a lifetime. But mm. the fact of the matter is, he, he hasn't had any time to, to do what he wants to do. And he's working with a squad that he's inherited. And he's promising that he, you're seeing players grow in certain areas and you're seeing them doing different things and being more comfortable at things that you wouldn't used to see him, um, see him do. So it's, it's nice to see that. And I think the real acid test for Arteta will be after the next few windows and we really will then get to see what his approach is but with regards to the weekend I'd like to think he would follow suit what he done against Liverpool personally I think it gives us then the option to to break um, it's just we know we're not going to have much of the ball and we know we're going to have to be very clinical when we do get a chance because we will get a chance mm. and there is plenty of pace on the counter there's outrageous pace on the counter to be fair yeah. and, and if we get it right no one can stop us on the counter. So we just got to sit in, bed in strong, keep them distances tight and mm. try and spring because we know, Arteta knows where we're at as a level. He said in his interview, didn't he? We cannot compete at the moment with these teams. That's simple. That's factual. That's not... Over a season, a one-off game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he said, we know what we've got to do to get the result. I'm going to set the players out to do it. If they, if they do what I tell them, then we've got a good chance. Regardless of their ability, if we if we match them with passion, with energy, with fight and with intelligence, we've got a chance. But ability, it comes down to, to moments in big games, like he keeps yeah. alluding to. I think one of the big decisions he's going to have to make, because in that in, in your piece just then, was you, you mentioned two things that would suggest two different players. Shaka will play, OK? We know that. He's got, a, he's got Torreira, who played well for his first full game, who can break up play, who can stop them having all the possession in one sense, but he's not the guy who's going to release the pace that you want to release. But that is a decision he's going to make, because I think Shaka will definitely play, and he's got a choice between Torreira and Zabaya. So, Mike, you know, you're Arteta, given you've got two players who do very different jobs, both of which are needed on Saturday in spades. What do you do? Uh, I think that you play Danny Savias. I think he's got more rhythm. And I think he's shown recently a far more willing energy to play his defensive game. And he's won a lot of balls defensively. Yeah, true. And, true. Um, and, it, and he offers more technical, technical security and penetration going forward. That's the one thing he's added over the last two or three games. I've noticed he's clearly been told, when you get it, see if you can you know, drop a shoulder and accelerate off your first touch. And Arsenal are going to need to break through that midfield. Didn't do it against Liverpool. And um, Danny Savias is the man to do 
to do that. Um, and I, and I the forward, the forwards are start, starting to play off the shoulder as a result of the way Sabayas has been playing as well. They're starting yeah. to have have more confidence in making the runs, particularly a Bambiang. Because, you know, it's been frustration for me, given the pace and the talent of the guy, how how rarely you see him making those runs behind. I mean, Theo Walcott made more runs in a game than a Bambiang's made the last few months. And suddenly, with Sabayas, you feel like he's making those runs now because he's confident there might be a pass. That's a great point. Just touch on this quickly, Mike. Sorry, mate, to interrupt. But the point you make, when you... When you I'm watching Reese Nelson a lot of the time and his movement is fantastic. He comes short a lot, but he does sprint in behind. He is spinning. We saw him. He was offside three or four times, but that's that's against one of the best defences in the league. His movement, he's on the shoulder. He's clever. He's intelligent. It's all about confidence. And like you're saying about Ceballos, there was a, an instance yesterday where after he'd come on, Aubameyang was away and he, he just did the ball was there to be played. The space was there and he just didn't play it. And I think that is down to confidence because as Mike said, we're seeing him grow. Sabayas didn't, didn't play the ball. Yeah, he didn't play the ball in, in the previous games. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, exactly. But it, I think it, with him, it's just a mental block at the moment where if he can free himself, and like he's saying, his first touch, he's getting away from people. And what he has, what Mike did touch on, is what he has been doing brilliant is winning possession back. I didn't know he had this gritty side to his game. He's very, mm. he, he, he doesn't strike you as that kind of player, but he, he really is a, a gritty midfielder that has got footballing ability and I'd like to see him he's still young it'd be interesting to see if he continues to grow with confidence because he could be a real utility player in that midfield for us yeah and obviously the price apparently has dropped from 40 million to 22 and a half so the decision to be made because that's probably in the price bracket that we're going to be shopping in so does that does that come decision. with gum shield does that come with gum shield <laughs> yeah. included it spent most of the time out the other night um, the other thing that's interesting, let's 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 go back to Reese Nelson because I know you're a massive fan of Reese Nelson, but equally you're a massive fan of Pepe. Was I? I am getting, you know, it's one of those things where you sign someone for seventy-two million pound. I desperately want him to succeed at Arsenal Football Club, and I know there's a player there. He's frustrating me enormously at the moment. Um, in the in the, he's not making the runs. He's, he's going the wrong way. He's getting in the way of his fallback sometimes. And I wonder whether that might be a surprise that he will stick with Reese Nelson at the weekend. Is that something you think is possible? Or do you think Pepe will just come in? It's, it, everything's possible with Arteta. Absolutely everything is possible. Because I'm Arteta. assuming obviously Bamiyang will play with Lacazette. So yeah, can... you would have thought Bamiyang would play. Um... But yeah, it would be, be really interesting to see what he do. I do personally think that Reese might drop to the bench. I think that's that was probably the plan. But again, he everything he does, he does for a reason. I'm, I'm watching the game last night and I'm thinking, please, please switch the wingers, please switch the wingers, please switch the wingers. And then 10 minutes later, Pepe presses on the left to Alexander-Arnold, stops the, stops the pass from the keeper. We, we Nelson presses and it, it all works. And they've been working on that. This was mm. a... This was something that's done in training. This ain't by accident. So Pepe's, as soon as he's seen the ball go back towards the keeper, he's gone. He's off like a rocket chasing Alexander-Arnold. So Alisson knows he can't go right. He look, There's only one way he can go and Lacazette reads it. And all of that makes me think, you know, it's not an accident. That. This is something that they've been practising on. They've been practising on the ball getting released to Alisson and pressing as a trio. And, and then you, when you see it like that, you think, OK... This, this is what he's been training on. This it's, is what he's done through, and it's happened. You make you make the job of a host very easy, was to be honest, because it's it's an excellent point, and it, and it logically follows on because the pressing feature in recent weeks has been the feature for Arsenal. Really, it's been it's been a revelation because we've seen spells early early Emery where we pressed very well, but never for 90, 95 minutes, and and certainly the first game back against City, we looked 
in theory we were supposed to be fitter than them we didn't look it so you know so they must have been working hard in training not just on the press but on the fitness to to press for you know such a long period of time in a game and uh, and impacts as well so that's obviously something that Arteta's decided Mike is that something that you've admired the last, the last few weeks you thinking where's that been Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know what the percentages are, but there's been a lot of goals scored this season by uh, stealing it off the goalkeeper, pressing the back four. It seems well, like... Southampton recently, didn't it, as well? Yeah, it did. And I remember Bamiang at Watford. Was that this season? This season's been so elongated. Uh, he tackled the goalkeeper there, but Nicotier's done it a couple of times uh, last night. Um, I think that that's very evident. It's evident all over the field. And I love what you said, Dave. It's not just Arsenal are pressing team they have managed to get to the point from the beginning of um, this restart to now uh, the last two or three games they've been pressing the entire game and I, mm. I don't even think I see another team in the league that is is pressing for that length of time and well, I, I would, would actually be the say, team you would think of I yeah. guess were you know thinking of a pressing side as well ironically yeah, yeah and I actually think that uh, I think was that that he will start Nelson I think he'll start Nelson because Nelson was more productive. Yeah, against City, I think he'll start him because um, I think he was more productive as an outlet. That was the one thing Pepe struggled with last night. He did well off the ball and he worked hard, but he was never an outlet behind and he wasn't an outlet to feet. And Reese Nelson wasn't great, but he definitely offered that come and go all over the top um, and scored off one, uh, had one opportunity, I'm sorry, and then and he had that golden opportunity where where the ball was hit over the top. And, and I'll go back to one other last thought. If we rewind to when we played Man City, was it a month ago, when we had Pablo Mari get hurt and Jackie get hurt, there was a plan there. And I think if we want to know what happens on Saturday, we've got to look at what he did then. I'm wondering if Kieran Tierney will take Pablo Mari's place because they were doing lots of balls from Mari, not lots, but a few. You could see at the beginning of the game from Mari directly, from that left centre-back, that left foot. So I'm wondering if that's in the mix, Dave. Yeah, I did actually. I mean, I wrote in my Sun column on, on, on match day that I thought Tierney would start on the left of the central defence. You know, we can debate whether whether we did start with a three. If we do start with a three against Man City, my, my guess is it will be Tierney as the left because Klasinac is playing there because he's left-footed. He's not comfortable there. He's not as relaxed as Tierney in that role. It's not, not to say he's not a good player, but it's just not, you know, Nacho could play the role. I don't think Klasinac can to the same level that Tierney can. So if he's going to play three, I think Tierney will play and Saka will play left back. But we'll have to wait and see. You're shaking your head at that one. Was you don't agree? You've gone. I'm mute. sorry, Matt. I was on mute. I, I was nodding. All <laughs> oh, right. I was. I was nodding. In a well, I know you're a You know, you, you like. It's like you, one of them. Doc no, I think you're spot on with with Klasen, Actually, he's just a bit of a big burly lump that loves being on the chalk on boots and up and down. We was discussing it the other day. Like he's he's not really a cultured. Cultured no. centre back, so so yeah. So anyway, so we got. I reckon we've got about five or six minutes to wrap this up in thirty minutes, as we try to do. And I'll come back at the end with perhaps a predicted lineup and, and predictions for the score. But because we're talking about formations and whether it's going to be you know four three three or three four three, can we just do five minutes? Because I, the thing I keep thinking about, um, and I've written a bit about it, is everyone's speculating about who we're going to buy. And I'm thinking, how do you know how to speculate about who we're going to buy when you don't even know what the manager's go-to formation is going to be? Now, we admire the fact that he's got flexibility and he'll change formations, but every manager will have a go-to system they're going to play, certainly in home games, in more relaxed away games. You know, it's good. With Wenger, it was 4-2-3-1 for years, you know, and, and we don't know. My guess is it's 4-3-3 for Arteta, and therefore the player we, we will be after has to be, you know, 
uh, a box-to-box Ramsey style, a bit younger, less injury prone. If you're going to play a Sabias and a Shaka or a Torreira and a Shaka, you need in a 4-3-3, you have to have that more progressive player. And Party can be that player, even though he does sit more often. But I think that's interesting because you've already seen he's done the defensive work, barring one. He's he's, he's tied down with two new deals and an extension to Louis. So you sort of know that he's going to have to sell in the defence and maybe buy one. But it's the midfield and attack that is interesting to me because whether it's 4-2-3-1 or whether it's 4-3-3, I think the player he's after is going to be very difficult. I mean, did it be very different? So where do you, you know, what do you think about that was? I mean, what, what's he going to do? And therefore, who who is it that he's looking at? What style of player is he needing? Particularly as you and I discussed the other day, if we all want Aubameyang to play in the middle, we have to have a system where Aubameyang's not having to drop and try and link play. So we need that progressive player, in my view. Yeah, it, it's just creativity at the moment, isn't it, really? It's huge, isn't it? Part, I think part, creativity and joining quickly as well. Yeah, and part of the, part of the issues I think we people people are getting frustrated with um, Pepe, and I think a big part of that is he's he's very much a he's a, he, he can get in behind, he does get in behind, but he's very much a crowd scene player, and he does like linking play and he's mm. fast moving, and at the moment he's so isolated that even when he does get the ball, he carries it distances, but he turns around and it's, there's just nothing there, and and the, the quick release through midfield. It has to be quick. It has to be really quick. And sometimes we're not quick enough. And we know Xhaka can play through the lines. But like you said, we're a bit limited in that area with regards to creativity. And and yeah, I think that's that's the key thing that Arteta's got to add. He's got to add that bit of that bit of spice, that bit of um, that bit of creativity in there. Because because otherwise, we well, can see at the moment we're we're really lacking it. And he knows that. He knows that. So because because even if you even if we accept that we we move to a formation, we keep a Bamiang and we move to a formation where he can play him centrally. He's got Nelson, Pepe, Martinelli, and Saka as wide players. It's not mm-hmm. like he, you know these links to William. Maybe it will be a surprise, other than experience, because he's got four very very talented wide forwards. And if what he hasn't got is in my view that the, the, the talented link player for the current formation now so he needs to change it and that's the player that I think he needs to look for but who would it be Mike with uh, our I price bracket with our price bracket accepted as not being you know yeah. at the top level all right well I'm going to go for uh, two players on loan because I think regardless of whether we have money or not there's a couple of players that we could bring in that would change our fortunes instantly one is Martin Erdegaard who's a, play, a Real Madrid player he was the player that went globetrotting as a young player to every club, including Arsenal, apparently, because the well, Norwegian lads, uh, the, the Norwegian lads' dad took him everywhere and he was the, the, the next best thing. Real Madrid bought him and I think he's been on loan at, uh, what was it, Sociedad, maybe, and done fabulously. He is uh, where... What's his, what, can you repeat the name again? I missed the... Martin Erdegaard, Norwegian, at Real, Madrid, at Real Madrid. And uh, if you go check him out... Um, he has that incisive passing ability that Ozil had at Real Madrid. Uh, and he's young, talented. And to me, uh, he's not ready for Real Madrid. They're not ready to put him in the lineup. So he'd be better off going back out on loan and taking a step up from mid table Spanish league. And I think Arsenal should go for him. He's perfect. He could play a 4 3 3 as the attacking player, uh, the creative hub that we're missing. Or he could be that creative player in a 4 3 3 from a wide position, as many teams do. They have that player, that Grealish type player, yeah, that comes inside and creates from there. 
Yeah, the other one is uh, Antoine Griezmann. And no, that's none of this is speculated. I don't know anything about it. But Antoine Griezmann hasn't settled at Barcelona. They need uh, money and get wages off the books. He doesn't play in his two that he did at Atletico Madrid. Uh, he plays on the wing. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to shuffle him out on loan. And he'll be our Roberto Firmino and our creative false nine that we don't have in Lacazette. The, wage, the wages, wages for Arsenal, if they are going to up to Aubameyang, surely... I don't know what Griezmann's on, but it's got to be north of 200 grand a week, surely. Well, yeah, but you have to do a deal, don't you? Maybe we don't pay all of it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're either paying a transfer fee for somebody of lesser quality than Griezmann uh, and wages, or you're paying nothing, maybe a small loan fee, um, and then you're getting a higher quality plan and you're having to pay them what maybe we're thinking of paying William. But I think that's one to keep a, an eye out for. It hasn't been talked about, but he would uh, transform our team and make and give us that... Uh, that pivot that we don't have as well. We can transform any team, to be honest. What about you, Boz? Thoughts on that one? That sounds a bit, that sounds a bit, well, that's a fantasy. That's a fantasy, fantasy yep. transfer, that one. Stranger things are happening, though, no, you never know. You never know. But yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a kid at Roma, he unfortunately done his cruciate ligament um, last year, but Nicolo Zaniolo, I, I, I really, really like him. I really like this guy. He's, he's tall, he's rangy, he's got so much ability, he can come from midfield, he's very creative and he can score goals. And I think um, at this stage of his career, he's going to need time to come back from his injury. So unfortunately, that might have, might have hampered things. But I do think he's in a couple of years' time, he's really going to be one to watch. He's, he's, he's such a talented footballer. Now, interesting, before we move on to the weekend then, in that discussion we're just having there, quick yes or no or thumbs up to should Smith Rowe be given a chance in that role? Or, or as a secondary player in that role at Arsenal next season, or should he go out and loan for another season? Another loan for me. Yeah, I think you definitely will see him pre-season, and maybe we time out on that purchase or that whatever that player is to see if he's uh, able to do what Sack has done, you know, and what Willock's maybe done. Yeah. He started all those games, so there's every possibility that that he's the uh, the line-breaking player we need. I'm not convinced. I like Willock, but I'm not convinced he's got a long-term future. Uh, in the same way as Niles, I, I, I want them to do well, but I'm just with Saka and, and, and Martinelli, uh, and, and, you know, you can see something. And I think I can see it with Smith Rowe. That's why I was interested in what you uh, what you thought. Okay, so let me just wrap up. Then we have got a massive game on Saturday. Um, we are going to say two things. We're going to say what our formation is going to be. Any particular surprises in selection, which I think we've already covered, and uh, and finally hit me with a score prediction, and I'll do, I'll do the same. So was wow. Um, I think he will go similar to Liverpool. Uh, I think he might come back to Mustafi um, in a, in at the right side. I think Tierney Tierney will tuck in, and I think it will be a, a four at times, and then I think it, like like the other night really. And um, so if 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 I'm naming it in the four, I'd go Tierney. I think he will stick with Louise. Um, it will be Mustafi and Hector Bellerin will probably come back in, I believe. Um, and then the midfield, it's going to be maybe Sabahs will come back in alongside Xhaka in there and then Saka and um, that's at three, but obviously re re reverse. And then the front three, I think he will go Bamiang, Lacazette and this is where me and Mike are going to differ with. I think, I think Pepe might get the nod, but it's by the by. It really is. So it's all down to, and he will he will have worked on it, and he will know exactly what he wants his front mm. three to do. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see because they'll be pressing triggers, and you you know if you press City in certain areas, especially at the back, they can be susceptible. And definitely, definitely. And and so he will he will know that better than any other manager out on the planet because he spent yeah. the last few years with them. So 
let's, um, whatever he does pick, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to moan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not like yeah. I used to. Agree, disagree, Mike? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Uh, I would go what I think he will do. I think he'll bring Bellerin in. I agree with that. I think Tierney on the other side, even though I said earlier he might play centre-back. Uh, I think it'll be Louise, and I don't know if it's going to be Mustafi because, uh, again, Mustafi just bails out in stressful situations, and this is a stressful situation. Uh, but he, Mustafi's been very good against some other big teams, so don't know about him or holding. 4-3-3 with uh, Savias coming in for Torreira, Xhaka, and then Saka playing where he did uh, last night against Liverpool. And then up top, Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette in the middle, and I'll go with Nelson because I think he, he offered more uh, outlet and possibilities uh, going forward. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just for my opinion, I think I think he's going to go um, three four three with the ball and, and sort of you know it'll be a five without the ball. I think I think Tierney will play uh, left centre back. I think Saka will play left wing back, and I think Bellerin will come in at right wing back. I think it will be Mustafi and Luis. Uh, I think it will be Sabayas and Shaka, and I think it I think it, it will be Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette in the middle, and Pepe on the right. So uh, our players are pretty similar. We'll have to wait and see on the formation. So our final question, guys, before we wrap up for the night. Can, can we do it? And if so, what's a realistic prediction? Heads or hearts prediction here? Can history repeat itself from 2017? Uh, there's a lot of determination. Go on, Mike, you go, because uh, you take it first. I'll, I'll just clean up. <laughs> All right. um, well, I mean, I'd say Arteta's got to be very, very determined on so many levels. He was probably embarrassed about what happened a few weeks ago at City, and it wasn't even his fault. It was, the injuries and circumstances. He's got to be so determined for us to put it. Did start well before things went against him that game. Let's recall with first yeah. twenty, we did start very well. All right, I'm going to go penalty shootout. One 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 one. Do we have extra time? We do, don't we? Yeah. Either way, yeah. one one one. After extra time, penalty shootout. Emmy Martinez, the hero. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, what a story. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, I can never, I could never predict we're going to lose because I just can't do it. Cause I'm an idiot. Um, I'm not realistic, but I do, I do genuinely believe if Arteta, he's going to have a plan. And, and like Mike alluded to, he didn't really get a chance to see it through last time because he had so many things go wrong. So if we can stay tight, stay compact, stay in the game, if, we, if, if we're in, if we're in the game at half time, if we go in level, uh, it's just going to be key moments again. And we've seen it in some games where we haven't took them key chances, and we've seen it in the Liverpool game where we did. So. Let's hope it's one of them games because Arteta said himself, when it gets to that level, it's margins. It genuinely is margins. If you put the effort in, you put the work rate in and you, you, you keep the distances close and, and you don't make individual errors, it's going to be down to taking your chances. And, and, and let's hope that, that this might be the thing that would ignite someone like Pepe or, or Bamiyan can get back in the groove. And, and we do just take a chance and, and we go, go to the final. I think you're right. I mean, I think in in conclusion, when you talk about individual errors, we all think about, you know, midfield making an error or the defence making an error. You know, really, it's unfair because strikers not taking easy chances is every bit as much as an error. I mean, you think the margins, if, if Aubameyang had relaxed and not screened that ball against the bar last week, we would probably already be have one foot in the Europa League. So it, it is fine margins. And you're right. I mean, we have to we have to iron out the mistakes at the back and, and, and we can threaten anyone going forward. So, yeah, I, mean, I think uh, I think it's going to be very tight. I have to say, hand on heart, I, I think Man City will edge it. But I don't think they're going to dominate us and beat us the way they have previously. So we if, as you say, if we're in the game towards the end, we definitely have a chance. And uh, we're both we're all three of us very confident in the coach, uh, which we probably haven't been able to say as much in recent years. So yeah, anyway. 
Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Was. I'll see you again soon, no doubt. And um, thanks to everybody for listening when this comes out tomorrow. Good night. All the best, guys. Cheers. Ooh.